Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this podcast. I'm so thankful. He has been doing he has been doing some really great things. Personally, ministry and all the way around. I want to talk to you a little bit about Peter this morning. I am I remind myself of Peter. And I'm going to tell you a few things about Peter cuz I'm going to be preaching from um 2 Peter chapter 1 and and I I want to just tell you a few things about Peter. Peter had a supernatural divine revelation of who Jesus was. Peter died at 68 years old, and he died, he was hung on a cross upside down. They, they were going to put him on a cross right side up, but he said, I cannot be crucified like Christ, because he had a supernatural divine revelation about Jesus. He, he chose to be hung upside down and died um, Peter, Peter denied Christ. Peter also preached the sermon at Pentecost. After Pentecost, he preached the sermon. He stood up and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he, he, preached, he preached the first message at the church age. Because you may not realize it, but the church was not born at the cross. The church was birthed at Pentecost. And Peter stood up and preached the first message. And 3,000 people came to Christ because of Peter. Peter was up and down. Peter had some, some issues. But I want to say one thing about Peter. Peter was open to the Lord. And in that process, Peter received everything he needed. He received everything. He received boldness. He received strength. He received everything, and so we're going to we're going to look at Matthew. Um, we're going to first look at Matthew. I want to read some, some a little bit out of Matthew. Matthew. Um, Matthew sixteen. What is that? And they said, some say that thou art. Or Jesus asked asked Peter this question. He asked him. Um, in verse, 15, uh, verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am, the Son of Man? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're um, Jeremiah, uh, and, or, or a prophet. And he said this, he said, but whom do you say that I am? And then it says, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
And then he goes on and says on this confession, not on Peter, but, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock or that confession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You may get, see, this came to Peter before Jesus' crucifixion, and he had, he went through an up and a down. But I want to tell you what, God, you can go through ups and downs, but God is the one that's going to make a way in where there seems to be no way. Let's go to First Peter, um, I mean Second Peter, um, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant, and I want to tell you this, Simon Peter, a servant, in Christianity, let me just read a little bit further, Simon Peter, a servant, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, he was, Peter was an apostle, but first before he was an apostle, he was a servant, and every one of us need to know that that in Christendom, you can be an usher, but you have to be a servant. You can be a preacher, you have to be a servant. You have to have that kind of heart to really minister and do what the Lord has called us to do. It starts with a servant. It starts with that attitude of being a servant. It starts with the attitude of being helpful. It starts with, that's where it starts in, in Christendom. Now, that doesn't mean you're a floor, uh, the floor mat and people walk on you because you're a servant. What it, what it means is your heart is given to serving God, and God will make you an apostle. God will make you a teacher. God will help you become whatever it is that he wants you to become. Because being a servant is where it begins. Simon Peter is servant the, and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that, are, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Go back there, Albert. Stay at verse 1 for a second. Thank you. Peter, a servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. This faith is precious. This faith is powerful. This faith will change and move mountains in your life because it is a precious faith. There's nothing on earth like the faith that's in Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing. Nothing. Man has tried to reproduce, you know, in different kind of religious forms, but nothing has stood the test of time like the gospel because it is, a, it is the faith in Jesus Christ. Simon Peter a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that obtain like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus. What is, what is the righteousness of God? What is that? This is the righteousness of God. It's unfair. The righteousness of God is unfair because I owed a debt I could not pay. And he paid a debt. He paid a debt I could not pay. I owed a debt I could not pay. And he did that. The righteousness of God is the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for your and my sins. For us. That's the righteousness of God. And you look at it kind of unfairly, but that's, that is the righteousness of God. 
And in verse 2 it says, grace and peace be multiplied. I'd like to tell you first of all, grace, I believe, is an outward giving and sharing and being compassionate and having a servant's heart. And, and peace is an inward thing. And it's not an absence of war, it's the presence of God. It's not an absence of war. It's the presence of God. It's real peace. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How do you like it multiplied? He didn't say added. He said multiplied. Big difference. You might get, you might get two plus two is four. But if you get two times four is eight. Two plus four is six. You know what I mean. Multiplication is much better than addition. And God wants to multiply these things to us. You know why I believe God wants to multiply these things to us? is because he wants our life to be such that it shows an example to the world. I like what Renee said last week when she said about helping. She wants people to see that God is lavish towards her. I want people to see God is lavish towards me because when people see it, they want it. They want it. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know what the knowledge of God is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his victory. It's his power. It's his, his place where he, he blesses us. He paid a debt. I, couldn't, I, owed, I owed a debt I couldn't pay. You know what the devil comes to do? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that same verse, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. Jesus has come to give us life and more abundantly. Come to lift us up and help us be overcomers. And here's, here's, here's what um, verse 3 says. It says, according as his divine power, he has given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life and godliness. Here are some things that he's given us. He's promised us a long life. He's promised us strength in weak times. He's promised us hope in the midst of a hopeless situation. He tells us, do not fear, for I am with you. He says he holds our hand. When we pass through the water or difficult times, he tells us that he is with us. He tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. He tells us that no tongue that is formed against us shall prosper. He sets the oppressed free. He breaks every yoke. No, that's not true. I wrote that down. Now I say that's not true. He doesn't break every yoke. He destroys every yoke. Something that's broke can be fixed. Something that's destroyed cannot. When God's spirit comes in and touches, he destroys the power of the enemy. If you lack wisdom, he says, I'll give you wisdom to any man that lacks it. He tells us if we'll resist the devil, he promises to come unto us. In James, it says that resist resist the devil and he'll flee from you. He promises and gives us forgiveness. He promises to heal our land. He promises to prosper us. He promises 
that if we believe in Jesus Christ, we'll not perish, but have everlasting life. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. He promises to pour us out a blessing. And I like this. He promises to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Other than, other than being saved, the most, in my life, the most greatest changing point was when I was at an altar and I sought God and he filled me with the Holy Spirit. And then I, met, then I married my wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, let me tell you, I didn't know that my wife had a, had a, a what do you call it? I, I was going to say a fleece, but it wasn't a fleece. You had a, de, you had a demand on the Lord. You had, your demand was, I'm not marrying a man that's not filled with the Spirit. I didn't know that. All I knew was I wanted to marry her. <laughs> and, I, and all I knew is I saw in her something that wasn't in me. And when she began to say, tell me about the Holy Spirit, and I was in that little Indian missionary church in Lumberton, or in St. Paul's, North Carolina, and I came to the altar. People came around and prayed for me, and I began to pray in unknown tongues, and I didn't know what that was. And uh, I, I, and the Spirit of God changed my life and made things anew. And so, yeah, and so... Um, Verse 3 says, according as his divine power, he has given unto us, or unto all them, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us, listen to this, that has called us to glory and virtue. The, the glory of God and virtue to give to man the glory of God and virtue. He's called us. Go to the next verse. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great precious promises. I read a few of them. I, I got that list of those promises off of Google. I Googled promises of God and I got 50 and you only got about 15. So if you want to Google it, Google it, the promises of God, what God promises us. And, and what God has promised us are obtainable. They are obtainable. Yeah, they are, they are obtainable. God, God has not taken the good promises of God, and you're down here, and he holds them down here, and you reach out, and he moves them two inches out of your reach, and then you jump, and he moves them six inches, then puts them down, and moves them... Poor little brownie at the house. I do that to the dog. <laughs> and we're not a dog. And it's God's will for us to be blessed. For the Spirit of God has come to bless us. Amen. And to be with us. And I think even more so in end times, which we are close to end times. More so in times than any other time. Because there is a trump of God going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to be raised first. And we which are alive are going to be caught up with him. That day's coming. And it's for real. He has given unto us exceeding great precious promises. That by these we may be partakers of his divine nature. 
divine nature. That's why this, that's why this gospel is precious. It's a precious faith because it comes from divinity. It doesn't come from the makeup of man. It comes from God himself. Partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he set you free? Aren't you glad you're free? Aren't you glad you're free? I'm free. I'm glad we're free. Yes. And then it says this. And besides this, and besides this, besides gifts of divine nature, giving all diligence, add, giving, giving all diligence, add to your faith the virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. Let me stop right there. That's what all this is about. It's about walking in the Spirit and having brotherly kindness. It's about walking in the Spirit, having brotherly kindness. It's about walking in the presence of God and helping your, your fellow man. Amen. It's about bringing people into the kingdom. And to, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity. What is charity? What is it? Yeah, it's love in action. It's not just love. Love, you know... That's why in, in uh, the love chapter in the Bible is Second Corinthians, First Corinthians ten thirteen. I mean, Second Corinthians chapter thirteen. It uses the word charity and not the word love, because charity is love in action. It's more than just a feeling. When I met my wife and I was younger, and I I I had feelings towards her, I had to express those feelings. In more ways than just looking at her eye with a twinkle and saying, Honey, I love you. <laughs> it required a McDonald's dinner. <laughs> it, it required kindness. It re- had a lot of requirements to it. And that's what, this, that, that's what it is towards helping people. It's not just I love you. It's, it's, it's extending our hand to, to help people. That's why I'm... S- that, that's why I'm thankful that we have a Christian school, for one thing. Because it is a way, it is a way that we can extend our hand in kindness to help people. Mm-hmm. I, like what, I like what some people around here have done. You know, um, you all know we have an archery program because all you have to do is go out the door and look right and you see targets all over the place out there. There are some been some kids along the way that haven't been able to to um, pay for their own way bows and arrows and whatever, and and people have given and helped and extended a hand of love and and kindness, and in fact one of them I think's got a scholarship to go to a major university in Tennessee, is that correct? Georgia. And closer. Georgia. Because somebody cared enough to put forth charity in somebody's life. I know a little girl that um, she, uh, her, her daddy um, 
ended up in prison, and she was in our school, in our preschool, and and um, all the money ran out, but compassion and charity never runs out. Amen. Compassion and charity never runs out, so we, we just went ahead and said, keep your child in our school, and we'll take care of it. For three years, we took care of it, or two years, two or three years. And that child now is in what grade? Third grade? Second grade? First grade. Doing very well. I told my wife, I, I said to her, I said, I want to etch. I want to I leave a mark. I said, I want to leave a mark. She said to me, you can't leave a mark on the world. I said, nope. I can't, but I can leave a mark on another person. Amen. I can mark another person. Well, you know what that takes? That takes money, right? It, it's not only money. You can leave a mark on people's life by entering into their life and being part of their life. I, th I think my wife, it's my grandkids and her grandkids, of course, but it is our endeavor to leave a mark on our grandchildren, a gospel mark. And, you know, I've got one grandkid, Renee's oldest son, who is preaching the gospel in New Zealand. Somebody left a mark besides our family. They, they let a little scratch in his life. And that's what, uh, I got a problem. <laughs> if I take off my glasses, the phone will fall off. And if I, if I don't take off my glasses, the tears get all on the inside of them and I can't see anything. <laughs> I better look up there. And the godly and the godliness, brother kindness, kindness and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you, they make you that you shall never be burdened or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. May heads with me for a moment. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give you something much, much better than that. Jesus came to give you hope and perspective in life. Jesus came to be our Savior and Redeemer. Jesus came to seek and to save a lost, lost world and to give us hope. I want to say to you this morning, if... If you don't know the Lord, this is the perfect day, this is the perfect time, this is the perfect church, this is the perfect place. Because it's God's will. And Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, for all the good things and everything you've done, everything you're doing. We are amazed at your blessing upon us. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I want to tell you one more little story before I conclude. We, a year ago, a year ago, we, we um, decided in the Assemblies of God, they have something in North Carolina called Plus One Church. And that means you give 1% of your, in, your church income to help revitalize churches across, the, across North Carolina, Assembly of God churches. So we said, we made a faith promise, and we said, we're going we're gonna to send the district office a check for $1,500 out of our church account. And at that time, and it seems like it is always like this, but at that time, $1,500 was hard stretch for us. And so we kept track, and at the at the end of the at the end of the year, close to it, when our next uh, plus one check is due, if we want to participate, we don't have to participate. We had we had went up. I don't remember exactly how many dollars, but the church brought in one hundred and forty thousand some dollars, one hundred forty one thousand dollars, and we were short our faith pledge. Do you know, before we even got the next check written to go in, somebody walked in and gave us a check. Guess how much? $13,200. I tell you, God wants, to, God wants to lavish us, and God wants to help us. So guess how much of a check we send in this year? Hmm? $2,000. Our faith level is our faith level is is um $175,000 income in church. That's our faith level. We we're not there yet. I mean, that's our faith level. And we send we if God wants to do a little extra, we give him a little extra money to work with. Not that but I'm just telling you that, that we can trust him. We can, we can trust him because he is so good to us. And you know what we're going to start doing? I want to announce this. Um, we're going to start in the next few months, we're going to start raising money to, to work on our sanctuary. We're going to start, we're going to start believing God, bringing money and start. We sent an application to MAPS to come and help us. And we're gonna we're gonna believe God. We're gonna our first step is gonna be about a fifty fifty thousand dollars step, but we're gonna start, right? We're gonna start because listen, if you don't start, you'll never get there. How tell me how ants eat a five pound bag of sugar? One ant goes and gets one piece, and before you know it, the ants have carried off five pound bag of sugar. And you, you're looking, you're looking around and saying, "Where'd that sugar go?" <laughs> right? We have because we have um, because we want to take a step. We want to get started. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.